Welcome, I'm Larry Olson, and what's on your mind? Once set, it delivers your life. To change the outcomes we want, we must change the plays we're running. Join us at Mindset Playbook with real people, real talk, for real insight. Well, welcome everyone, and thank you for visiting. You know, we've got a really exciting show today. David has quite the stellar life experience during his days in London. You know, he has over 23 years of experience from producing award-winning shows to technical director to the London Contemporary Dance Theater, which, by the way, is the largest contemporary dance company in all of Europe. And if that's not enough, he was the executive producer for the award-winning and most popular UK Sunday night series, London Burning. Wow. Now, now that David has hopped across the pond, he's living in Scottsdale, Arizona, and has reinvented himself in real estate. But once you get into this podcast, you'll find out it's a real estate company unlike any other. You know, David has always had the perspective that to create something different in the world in that world you're entering, you need to look at it from a different place than your incumbents. And in doing that, he is the co-founder of Launch Real Estate, a billion-dollar-a-year company and growing. You know, David, I'm so excited to have you here today, and I thank you for investing your time with all of us at Mindset Playbook. You know, with all these great life experiences, share with us what you think made the biggest impact on your ability to look at things differently. Good morning. Good morning. Sitting in a taxi in India outside a small cafe when we were scouting for locations for Midnight's Children. And I was sitting in the taxi. We were desperate for lunch. The driver, who was also my fixer, got out to check that this restaurant, this shack, nice shack as it turned out, um, <laughs> was, was good to eat in. And we were in a very, very, very small village in the middle of nowhere. Hmm. And I was looking down at my notes and my script and, and just thinking about things. And I looked up and all that I could see surrounding the car was a sea of Indian faces looking at me. Hmm. And that was weird. It was like, <laughs> why are you looking at me? And then... What I realized was that people didn't come to this village, square one. So what on earth is this guy doing there? What on earth is this white, bald guy doing here? <laughs> because he just doesn't fit in. And so what was fascinating was perception. It was pure yeah. perception. We spend all of our lives thinking about how people look at us, how we look at them, about what they're thinking when they're talking to us, what they're not thinking, what we're assuming. I could go on for hours. But this was a shock. This was all of a sudden, you know, living in America, living in the UK, living all over the place in predominantly white places, talking about ethnicity, etc. All of a sudden, this changed that conversation stone dead. I was the one that was the minority. Mm. I was the one that just shouldn't have been there in their playbook. Mm. Mm. I was the one they didn't assume would ever be sitting in a car outside this cafe. Wow. And so I was the oddity. Mm -hmm. And it was fascinating being in that position. And that completely changed my perspective of how I look at other people mm -hmm. because it gave me different eyes. It inverted everything. Wow. Wow. And so having 
a mindset to begin with of looking out of your own eyes and trying to interpret everything based on not only your experiences but your education and um, you probably thought that you were pretty open and they pretty pretty much could handle just about any any type of individual and didn't matter what their scenario was or situation and background but other than being in a movie and being cast in that role this was real exactly Th this was all of a sudden the stranger is Heinlein Hein in his you know was, I, I may I forget, as well have been right? the spaceship that landed there. Yeah, stranger in a strange uh, land. Uh, stranger in a strange land. And so they didn't know how to react to me. So because I was the first of me they'd seen, Okay. <laughs> right? It's yeah. like, how do I react to them? Okay. How, how do I break this? Because all of a sudden we do have a barrier. I'm sitting here as a curiosity. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get out of this car. What's going to be next? Or worse still, is my driver going to come back to the car and shoo them away? Because that's completely the wrong thing to do. Yeah. But he might just think, as he would, oh, they're just getting in your way. Get uh, uh, no, 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 no. That's going back to you know imperialism and everything my country was bad at, as well as good. So, so, so that was a really interesting just first step: is how do I solve this problem? I don't even speak the same language. How do I solve the problem? So, how did you get out solve of the car? The problem? Got out of the car, which was intimidating in itself because you're surrounded by people. Uh, and, and so you, but you've got. Were there it, expressions welcoming, or there was just more? It was curiosity. curiosity. It was curiosity. pure curiosity. But when I got out of the car and said hello, even though I wasn't speaking their language, at least I was being friendly, and, and I wasn't isolated. I was amongst them as opposed to being in a cage. Gotcha. Um, and, and so that was square one. And it also meant when my driver came out, he could see that I was amongst them, and happy and comfortable which also changed the way he reacted to them and it, and it changed the whole oh, thing. It's the, wow. You know, to me, it's that, it's that game of when you're talking to somebody and you see this with police and with, with varying uh, officialdom is they'll stop someone in their street with their sunglasses on and they've got this big butch uniform on and they've got their sunglasses on and they're threatening. Mm -hmm. and, but as soon as they take their sunglasses off and you can see their eyes mm -hmm. and they can see yours, everything changes and that's what really it was it was getting out yeah. of the car to take my sunglasses off wow. essentially wow wow well that had to make a big impact on you because of all Huge. of the experiences you've had you drew from that one to share with us well it changed the tables and and, and it meant it's just being it's it's understanding that how do you look to somebody else mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what you're saying what side of bed you got out in the morning it, it doesn't matter yeah how are you perceived by somebody else and so that that sticks with me because it was that moment where it was so heightened Man. such heightened perception yeah yeah um that's so that's why it's that wow wow so what were you doing in india anyway <laughs> um <laughs> Well, there was this guy called Salman Rushdie who wrote a book and got into a lot of trouble with the Ayatollah Khomeini, and it, he was in hiding uh, in the UK. And I was uh, producing drama series at the time, and an exec producer friend of myself um, came up with the bright idea that if Salman's sitting around doing nothing, um, there might be some use here. And we were about to celebrate the 50th anniversary of India. Ah, okay. And so... We pulled some strings and managed to find this person that couldn't be found. Um, and he was bored. Uh, so the idea of making his book into a series to celebrate the 50th anniversary of India seemed like a smart move at the time. Um, and we managed to get India to agree that it would be a smart move. 
um, the Prime Minister of India to agree it would be a smart move. Um, and, and there we were, trying to make it work. Wow. Wow. What a nice story. It was fun. Yeah. Dangerous, but fun. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Not dangerous in India, dangerous more of the other associations. You know, I, uh, I, I go back to when you and I first met. And um, it was, I can see where you had no issues with these people staring at you in the car in India. Because you were just so personable. And the other thing that I think makes it so easy to be comfortable with you, regardless of the background, which to some people can be intimidating, oh, this guy is, is that you've never been about that. No. You know, you've never had to get over yourself. And that, that's something that is, is, is a gift. And did you ever, ever go through a learning where you realized the importance of not being all about you? Well, I think, I think starting as a drama student, um, okay. it, it gets pretty simple. <laughs> uh, um, it, you know, you, you, you very quickly come out of, of drama school and you very quickly bump into some fairly high-maintenance people. Let's call them actors. Okay. okay. Uh, and, and, well, that's and, what they're striving uh, towards, isn't it? Right. Yeah. And, 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 you know, actors come in two breeds. They come in the incredibly low-maintenance and the incredibly high-maintenance. And the relevance as to how good or bad they are it's neither here nor, it makes no difference. You get really good ones that are low maintenance and really good ones that are high maintenance and vice versa. Um, so you very quickly get to learn that a lot in life is based on really that, I think I always go back to the scales of justice. Um, mm. Just because it scales. It's just that I used to go past the Old Bailey every day so I'd see this statue up there with the scales of justice. And, and it was always baggage versus talent. Uh, uh, and, and yeah. you know, a lot of people had a lot of baggage and no talent, and a whole load of people were the opposite. And so I, it sounds a fraction judgmental, but, I, but I, that's where I try and get to start with. Mm. You know? mm. And it doesn't matter whether it's talent or knowledge or whatever else. Um, I think I'm going slightly on a tangent, but, but that's where I learned about high-maintenance people. Right. And... It's okay because a lot of high maintenance people, it's no more and no less than a defense. Hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of people that yeah. come with the baggage, and again, theater's the perfect place or TV's the perfect place because there's so many rumors in a very small industry. Oh, this person is this. Mm-hmm. And I've always found that listening to that is the worst thing you can do. Okay. Because if you assume that the person is that, you're therefore treating them as that. And now the wall is built. David, that's such an important point. Let's let's take a look. Let's get a little inward in that. How about the people that are doing that to themselves? I'm this. I'm that. <clears throat> what what impact do you think that has on their life and what they're open to and not open to? Well, it closes them down. It closes them down massively. You, yeah. you, you know, you. How do you stay away from that? Because you just don't come across to me as if anybody, you know, sometimes we feel we can figure people out and we can say, well, that person's pretty close minded or they're prejudiced or they're, you know, they're sexist or whatever. And and we generally get that by by what they said or what they did. Right. Or like you said, what someone told us about them. Right. Okay. Now. If we're to be high performers, if we're to be successful, and we get 
keep getting caught up in making these comparisons to where am I now that, well, he's produced shows, I haven't produced shows. Well, he's been to India, I've never gotten out of the state of Georgia. Or he's, where have you in your experiences kept yourself from getting caught up in that? Because I'm sure there's been situations where you were a little intimidated or oh, God, yeah. you were in drama school and they're, they're pretty harsh there, right? Nobody I, is, is surprised at, at what happens. So, so society and boxing. Um, yes. And so society is far more comfortable in general if it thinks it knows what you are. It just is. Mm-hmm. Um, and we learn this and share a little more why, why, is, why is society comfortable in knowing where you are because we've been taught that from square one Okay. Um, this is your teacher this person is safe this is this person who's the same age as your teacher who's standing outside the school you don't know them they're not safe what did I do I put the teacher in a box and said they're safe okay, okay. square one yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and so you're, you're continually taught, you know, through life. Uh, hey, Larry, I want a new car. And I just thought I'd go on the yellow pages and find a car dealer. Hmm. Well, why would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> right. This is the guaranteed way of getting a bad car. You didn't even need reviews. Well, so you, you're taught to go to experts. You're taught, mm-hmm. you're taught to go to a box that makes sense and check it off for what you're doing. Okay. The, the, the perfect analogy of that in reverse is a lot of us grew up being taught to go and talk to our bank manager who had power. Well, now you go and talk to the bank manager assuming they have power because that's how you were brought up and mm-hmm. assuming they can make a difference in your life. And they're going to 20 other people above you and they can't make a shred of difference in your life, but you have a misconceived trust. Mm-hmm. Okay. But the trust is there because societally that's how it, it happened. Okay. You can go through you know, varying things that have changed. So I think to, to, to carry on with that side of it is you've got to stay agile. You've got to stay ahead of it. You've got to stay personable. But you've got to make sure that you've got to make sure that you can just be approachable as you, mm-hmm. as opposed okay. to be approachable as whatever this label is. And hopefully, you can then dance. And you know, I think it's always kind of fun to dance a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, if someone's coming at you expecting you to be this, then I will try and off-put them a little yeah, bit sure. so that I can just say, no, it's all right. I'm, I'm not just that. I'm actually this as mm-hmm. well. I'm mm-hmm. a dad as well. I'm a this as well. Yeah. I'm something that they can associate with on a different level than this conversation. Yeah. And that leads to better relationships and that honestly leads to better business. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So this, this whole element of comparison is a blind alley. Because no one's ever going to get any more than what they're getting now if it's all about comparing themselves to other people because the other people then become the benchmark. Right. Correct? Right. 100%. And, um, you know, that's something that a lot of, lot of people have tremendous issues in their life with is never mounting up. And I think the important thing in, in what we're sharing together right now is, is we want to know what do people do to stay out of that? And you're sharing, you're sharing the fact that you're not defined. You're not just David 
who has done these things that I discussed when we opened up, or the guy who who runs launch with with a, you know a few other fellows, and or who, um, and yet it's easy for people to get attached to that. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of people right now that are in great deal of stress. You know, with this whole COVID that's right. gone on now, and and people are kind of losing their identity because their identity was attached to what they did, right? And they're not doing it now, so. How do how how do, would you suggest that people pull themselves out of that kind of uh, discomfort and sometimes leads to depression? Because this is kind of like you know Helen Kubler Ross's on death and dying. There's five stages of grief, and these people are going through them as we speak. Right. I don't know how many have gotten to acceptance yet, which is the final stage. There's still a lot of denial, yeah. you know, and and yet. That is something that impressed me from the get-go many, many years ago when I first met you was this guy is more than this guy. This guy is more than definable. Right. Because you were so versatile. And yet it was never, hey, I'm David, you're not. Right? Let me tell you how versatile I am. Somehow that never appealed to you. You saw right through that. But there's a play there there is a trigger there that keeps you from getting caught in that and i think the folks that find that out they change the conversation they have in their head Mm -hmm. okay of i'm different than these people that are looking into the car in india you know what, what what on earth do i do drive away right and that's what fear generally causes in us so what are your thoughts on that yeah i i think your triggers. Well, I, th- I think one of them is my mom always said, if you don't ask, you don't get. Hmm. Hmm. Um, and you know, was she an asker? I mean, she, did, did she? Oh, yeah. Walk to talk. She walked. Yeah, she. Yeah. No, she always said, do what I say, don't do what I do. But but, <laughs> right. but that's just another thing. <laughs> right. uh, uh, but 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 that's one of the triggers that then kind of expands out from there, really. It was just a great lesson because that's also about being open again i just come back to it okay you know okay. In, in in my view it's about listening to the other person it's not about saying hey i'm me i've done this that's not a primary conversation okay the primary conversation is finding out about you okay okay and i think that with a lot of people you know i work for this company it fascinates me when people start talking in the first person about the company they work for Mm, we do this we do that we do you know i've just never had that attachment i've never had a proper day job i mean right (laughs) i've I've never actually been employed by people on a regular basis for a long time it's always been short contracts so it's always been so so i've never been in that place where Mm. i'm saying we do this we do that meaning motorola or whoever it happens ford yeah. Well, yeah. well, no, no, we don't. I understand that we talk the company culture. I understand yeah, sure. all of this. But by saying that, you're immediately not you anymore. Mm-hmm. You're okay. part of the great corporate whatever. Yeah. And I think that really speaks to a lot of the people you're talking about right now because they've been taught and they've learned to be Mr. and Mrs. Corporate. Yeah. Yeah. And without that, oh, their yeah. wife knows them at home. Some close friends do. Mm-hmm but nobody else. So the take away the corporate, you've taken away 80% yeah. of what people know you as, yeah. which is scary as all get-go. Yeah, I, I, 
Yeah, very, very scary. And and for those people that are in that situation right now that are out there, there are so many avenues that you don't have to stay in that position. Exactly. And you don't have to give up on your company culture. You don't have to leave your spouse. Exactly. And this was something that I was troubled by right. because that was always my avenue. You know, right. Diane and I are going to celebrate our 23rd wedding anniversary in September, but she's the third because, well, the other one doesn't work and the other one doesn't work. And it wasn't like working a job, but it's just not working out. And so instead of, instead of making it about how do I fix what's not working for me instead of giving up accountability and putting the blame on you? If you were better than mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. and that's getting back into what we're talking about, is you're talking about how easy it is for us to identify with others' things than ourself, because right. we have sometimes pigeonholed ourself. I, right? I, I, I think we've pigeonholed ourselves, and I think we've hidden behind things because it was easy to hide behind. I mean, I go right back to the start okay. of the conversation okay. and the high maintenance actor. Yeah, what right, are they okay. hiding behind? Well, I'm wonderful, darling, and and this right. right. So they're they're hiding behind their stage persona. You've actually sure. got the most introverted, scared person who, if you met them in real life, you would never, when they've taken that mark, when they've taken that... I did a show ages ago that was called The Face to Meet the Faces. Hmm. That's interesting. And it speaks to exactly what we're talking about. What face do you put on to meet people? Okay, okay, yeah. Take yeah. the face off. Yeah. Don't oh, for make the sakes. decision. What could possibly happen if I did that? Right. I'm going to the shop, so I'm going to meet this person and this person in this shop, and this is going to be my experience, so this is the face I'm going to put on. Why? Rip it off. Yeah, yeah. And and so, and so and that, again, speaks to somebody who I think, you know, that, that we talked about who is potentially having some problems right now because of where we are. You know, take the face off. Be open. Be you. Yeah. Will you take some damage? Might you get hurt occasionally? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Will it be worth it? 100%. Yeah. Take the face. Because that's where learning comes from. That's where right? learning comes from. And, but that's also the conversation. The more you're open, the more you ask people about themselves, the more they're interested in you in any case. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. But what's even better is they come out with some really cool stuff yeah. that you hadn't actually ever thought about. And you can then use yourself. Yeah. They probably, you know, when I'm talking with anybody, they probably got, God knows how many better ideas than I have. Yeah. I want to hear them, but unless I open them up. You bet. <clears throat> if I don't ask about them, they stay closed. They stay behind that mark. They stay behind that face to meet David. Yeah. So for some, for some individuals who are, who are a little shy, mm-hmm. which is an unfortunate label, that people attach to themselves at a very early age and get a lot of help from the family and absolutely. friends. Absolutely. They do. It's affirmation the whole way through. You bet. Absolutely. And I mean, if they go peel the onion, they'll see that grandpa said, oh, here's my shy little one. And mama said it. And everybody says it. And is that your daughter? Yeah, she's our shy yeah, one. Here's you know, my clumsy one. Here's my, yeah, let's yes. find the label. This is my girls, and Now you're stuck with it for life. <laughs> right. Fantastic. Good yes. <laughs> and, and the... The, the belief is that other people will define me. Because like you said, that's the teacher. That's the who said of the greatest magnitude. These are my parents. These are my caretakers. Mm-hmm. This is my, the institution that brings me up, depending on, on what type of an upbringing you've had. 
And rather, what I hear you saying is rather than keep chasing your tail by how do I stop being shy or how do I lose weight or how do I get rid of doubt, it's getting to the vision now. And this is where I'd like to take us a little bit is the fact that you are very vision oriented. You talk about looking at things differently. Um, And what are your plays that... When you got involved in this thing called lunch, and I'm sure there's a lot of people that are local that have, are just dying for your place to get rocking and rolling again. You know, you just bring live music, and then all of a sudden this whole COVID. And you know, you talked about masks, and I was going to bring up that's a pretty big deal now. Everybody's wearing a mask. Yep. <laughs> and now it's what is your mask look as cool as my mask? <laughs> have you seen the new ones that have glass here? Right. So you can see. At least I, no, no, I, I have, you know, and that's interesting. I, what I mean, I, I did mine independently just because I wanted to have a conversation piece. Sure. But you follow how, again, me. How can I open the conversation? You bet. But I totally follow you. Yeah. Yeah. So, so share, share with us because I'm sure it's, you have nights where you start, what am I going to do? I can't believe this happened. Um, and you, but you, you, you evolve through it. Okay, or you wouldn't mm-hmm. be where you are now. And so how do you how do you deal with that conversation when it starts to get to the point where you're stuck? With difficulty. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, well, firstly, nights, I have a pen and a pad by my okay. bed. And so if I wake up in the middle of the night uh, with something on my mind, then I write it down and go to sleep again. Okay. It's as simple as that. Okay. Because I know that I'm going to get to it when I wake up. I'm not going to forget it. You know, half the lying in bed and tossing and turning is I'm going to remember this. I'm going to work this out in the morning. What's going to happen? Um, By doing that, I unload myself. I'm back to sleep. Okay. Done. Okay. Okay. Um, And I'm a voracious writer on notepads and things like that Mm -hmm. um, because I like to try and lay things out. Okay. So I can see them and visualize them. Okay. And then that helps me work through that, you know, the forest and the trees. Okay. Right? I mean, how do I get down to the ones that really matter, the ones that can go further back, further forward? Okay. Um, So back to putting it in perspective again. Back to putting it in perspective. And and so, yeah, writing's really, I love writing. Okay. Um, and, and you remember it. And if you remember something, and I remember things much better when I've written them than when I've typed sure. them. Yeah. yeah. Then they stay in. And then if they're in, then I can also help sort them out and get back to the top of the, the gotcha. game. Again. Gotcha. So I'm not forgetting this, this, and this. Um, so let me let me take you to another, another spot yeah. here. Um, you, very creative based on, on your background, starting out in drama, it sounded like. Right. Uh, and, then, and then being in drama, you probably watched how everything was going on behind the scenes and go, well, you know, that sounds interesting. You know, that could be another topic, how you got, got into the other side of it. But then you made this transition. And, you know, were you, were you b- born in, in uh, the UK? Yeah. You yeah, I'm a Londoner, born and bred. Oh, yeah. born and bred. Okay, and how old were you before you left? Fourteen. Fourteen. Uh, 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 Fourteen was the first time I went abroad. Okay. okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but as far as actually left London, 
Um, I, I guess, well, we'd lived all around a bit. So I was born in London. We moved around the country a little bit. I came back to London. Um, so I changed habitat gotcha. as such okay. on several occasions. Then I started going abroad. And then I guess the first time I lived anywhere else, I was in my mid-20s for probably a year. Gotcha. Um, so I you know, lived in a few places for a okay. year in this country or six months in this country or whatever when we've been filming something. Gotcha. Um, so that's given a very, it's, it's kind of rather useful panoply of experience. Different panoply. people, different couches, different panoply. panoply. Look that up, everyone. <laughs> um, okay, so, so you, and it, and it kind of answers a little questions to me about drawing off of that experience of moving in all these different places, which were places that were either apartments or houses or hotels or whatever. Cultures. Mostly cultures. Couches? Cult, no, cultures. Cultures. Different cultures. Different cultures, gotcha. And, and that's, you know, I guess I come back to the car. Okay. Because, because we all, if, if we haven't been exposed to other cultures, again, we're boxed again. There you go. You right? bet. Absolutely. So, 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 you know, the more times you can use that passport and the more you go to a different place and don't say, oh, you're wrong, you're this, you should be this. Gotcha. But the more you actually ask why, again, I come back to questions. There you go. Yeah. But the more you ask why, yeah, this culture works just fine. It's nothing like the culture I know. Mm -hmm. And a lot of things aren't fine in my book by what they do, but they're fine in their book. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So why is that? Yeah, okay. okay. Um, and, and if you start to answer ask those questions then you can start to see why maybe the culture that i'm coming from doesn't suit them mm -hmm, okay. and then you can start to work between them and now you're open and now you're having a dialogue and now you're right. learning and yes and you're open to the next opportunity or person beautiful whatever beautiful so how did real estate well it came on very early in my film life actually did it did it because because in the start of my in the start of my tv career i uh, as you work up through the ladder i went in as first assistant director and then did some location managing quite a lot of location managing and so i was involved with you know finding properties Okay, and, I got you. And there were a number of occasions where I dealt with people in the real estate industry in some shape or form, property ownership business, etc., where it just had a little curiosity to me. Um, and it just stayed back there because I was happy going out and filming and doing everything else. And then when it came to a time to move away, and, and, and again, that was just saying, look, I've had a great time doing this, but I have a family. I have other things that are really of core importance to me. Mm, okay. um, and then not being served well, my at that point, two-year-old and five-year-old. Gotcha. You know, my five-year-old, bless her, had been the biggest pincushion in the world, had so many injections, so she'd come over to India at the grand old age of three, uh, <laughs> um, you know, et cetera. But, but I was away, and I needed okay. not to be away. Gotcha. And... It just seemed like a good time to change to something else. So I came across Atlantic. My wife was from Phoenix. Her, her parents were here. Um, and yeah, I mean, what a great place to go. Who knows what on earth is going to happen. That's all good. Turned out her dad owned a small real estate company. Okay. And what does an out of work 
television producer from the BBC do in Phoenix, Arizona, yeah, right? right? Yeah. Uh, that doesn't mean you're going to have to go away. It would be very easy to commute to LA, which would then meant going straight back into the old routine, yeah. Yeah. which wasn't acceptable to me. No, because um, then you're drawn away from family. Now, then, yeah, again. I mean, yeah. what's the difference? Just, right. you know, an yeah. accent and the Atlantic. I mean, yeah. not much else. Right. Um, <laughs> and, and, and so, so, you know, it seemed like a good idea at the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it also continued what you quite rightly spotted, which is people watching. Gotcha. gotcha. Um, you know, writing a show is people watching and then, oh, that's interesting. I'll do this. So okay. I'm a curious person by nature. Gotcha. And so this curiosity works really well in real estate. Wow. Yeah. Um, and the creative side, because I got quite quickly into the development side of the game, is wow. also fed by that because now you're part of creating something new, a new experience, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it's actually a lot of things that are very analogous. They're very, very similar to each other. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you have to raise money to do a show. You have to raise money to do a development. You have to get people to watch the show. You have to pe- get people to buy the homes. You have to, a lot sure, of similar things. You bet. And yes. it works around characters and it works around watching people and you bet. learning. From and them. and I'm sure you've had a great deal to do with just your people all the individuals that have the opportunity to work for you folks it's a lot of fun kind of independent contractors Mm -hmm. who's also sometimes like herding cats um and yet there has to be uh purpose strong enough for them to want to adhere to some of the ideas and some of the philosophies that you have and it sounds like your engagement with them is the key because well, John, of your curiosity. Yeah, and I think you know, that's one of the strengths. I mean, John Vatistas, who uh, owns our company, is 51% okay. owner, and the rest of us are, uh, and some of us are co founders, and then it, on it goes. Okay. Um, you know, that's, I think, where the synergy, certainly with myself and John, and I would speak for the rest of my co founders, et cetera, downstream, is, which is you, you, you can't walk in with an ego. Mm-hmm. You have to walk in as a very open, person yeah the center of our business isn't a sterile office or maybe a very high-end sterile office that costs millions of dollars it's not the point you know what's the center of a lot of things that we do in life and 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 the answer to that is sitting around a kitchen table breaking bread and eating you know we talk about breaking bread let's sit down and break bread well the center of our world is a place called schmooze which is a restaurant and coffee house, which is, oh, I don't know, about sitting down and breaking bread. (laughs) (laughs) So so, so all that does is cement the company culture. Gotcha. That's what it's about. Beautiful. Sit down and talk. I've got a problem with this person. I don't want this person to join the company, whatever else. You know what? Let's just sit down and see if we can work it out. Because this person you had a problem with, you had a problem with five years ago. Okay, I don't know how they got out of bed that day. I don't know what was happening in their life that day. But it's five years ago. Take the learned experience away. Stop it. Mm. Sit down. Say hello. Find out if you guys have changed. You almost certainly have. Sure. And get going again. And again, it comes back to that whole thing. Yeah. Just take off the face. Take off the mask. Take off the learned experience. Obviously, there's a lot of things that are useful to us in life in learned experience. But there's just as many things that aren't. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, you brought up a really interesting point is so many of us don't want to change because the brain loves predictability. Absolutely. That's why this is such a heinous time for some people, this pandemic. Regardless of what you might think about it, 
or how we're handling it. The point is it's going on and it's broken up routine and change. And so as I'm listening to you, this is the opportunity for me to see the changes that I've made recently because I'm hearing someone else's perspective now. Otherwise, I'm so caught up in me and listening to me, I don't see the growth. And if I'm not careful, I just look for information to substantiate that I'm right about my thinking. And when you get two people together that are trying to be right, you know as well as I do, somebody's going to be wrong. (laughs) (laughs) In somebody's eyes. In somebody's eyes. And what you're doing is you're saying, let's look at it like you you have your culture, I have my culture. You know, it doesn't mean either culture is right or wrong. Exactly. But your trigger, it sounds like the biggest play you have that has provided you with so much success is a thing called curiosity. Yes. Wouldn't you agree? Well, that's why this last few weeks has been amazing. Okay. I mean, you think of what's happened with Zoom, just as an example. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden, anybody can now get in on calls and meetings and whatever else with people who they would never been sitting at a table with every week. Mm. And they can hear them interact with each other. Yeah. Just wow. as a bystander, I can be one of 200 people sitting on the end of a Zoom call here that I just happened to go on my computer and find out on this topic this call was going on. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, it's amazing. I learn. Yeah. And what a great period of time, isn't it? <laughs> yes. To be, you know, and, and yes, it's a terrible period of time. It's an awful period of time. People are dying. It's, it's, it's horrible on so many levels. But if you let that define it you then miss. you miss it you miss it yeah and you miss the opportunity and you hide and you feel sorry for yourself and you just go down a plug hole badly there's so much there we're so lucky to be in this first world country quite honestly with first world problems we're okay. so lucky to be able to tap into these things because yes. they're there yes and to open us up and you know what yeah, maybe you're not going to go back to that job you had before in that corporation you had before. But if you're open and out there and listening and there's something that really caught your ear or your eye, good grief. Now you've got more online learning than you ever had as part of this. It's the next opportunity. Damn, I can go to Yale. What happened there? I'm a drama (laughs) student and I can go there cheaply. (laughs) So if this caught my eye, then I can do that whilst I'm making some money over here doing something. And I just changed the world. Yeah, absolutely. And it's kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. And the only standard operating equipment and requirement you need as a human being is to be yourself. 100%. 100%. Right. And to be open. And be open. Don't close yourself in. This is me. Right. Yes. Yes. This happens to be what I'm experiencing now. But this is, I am not the experience. Exactly. And that is a very powerful thing for all of us to continue to remind ourselves of. Um, you've been very, very fascinating from your first story of, uh, I mean, you had me in the car looking out at all of those faces staring at me and uh all the way through it's it's it'd be a great opportunity to be able to continue this at another time i would love to i'd love it as well you know we we can pick some kind of a topic or whatever and um, those of you that that are listening if you there's a particular topic you'd like to hear more of from david you know feel free to to let us know at um 
um, success at mindsetplaybook.com. And um, we'll go ahead and figure something out because um, it's just good to get back together with you again, David. Well, thank you so much, Larry. It's the same. Oh. Um, and thank you for all you do to add to, to, to my life as well with everything you do with Rocks Talks and, and, and the whole of her. Well, you're, you're a sweetheart. Fantastic. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate it. And all of you, thank you. Uh, continue to invest your time. Pay attention how you're talking to the most important person in your life because if you don't think that way, um, you're not able to give to other people what they need, and that's somebody who's fascinated and interested in them. And David is an example of that, and um, we've been blessed to have him here today. So once again, all the best. Thank you, Larry. Thank you. you too. Thank you. Thank you for listening. In this next episode, Larry examines the plays and mindset that get you what you want in life. Summarizing the last three episodes, he will explain in detail what it means to have such confidence in self that fear cannot exist. That by believing in your vision to simply make life interesting again opens the universe to your every need. And that by developing a new perspective to look at the same differently creates a refreshed zest for life.